Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Now is a good time to be. Episode 26 of the Be Yourself and Love It podcast with me, Anthony Samaroff. Continuing our series on helping you do more of the things that you want to do with your life. This is my interview on a cool little podcast, hopefully soon, a cool big podcast called Don't Waste Your Hate. Really great hosts here. I disclosed some biographical information that may be of interest to you if you want to know more about how I got to be in the position that I am now. And this was just a really great chat. I am glad to say that this show has been growing. January did more hits than any month so far and February has already surpassed the number of hits that January's done. So I'm actually en route to doing twice as many hits per month. If you know anyone who would benefit from any of the resources that I'm putting out, please don't hesitate to put the podcast that you think they'd like in a little Facebook message and send it to them. This is to uplift the world. We all rise together and I hope that you will help me reach more people and get to the stage where I can get more and more high profile guests on to teach you and me things about living a fully self-actualized life. For now, enjoy episode 26 with Tony Rocamora and Invalid Beard. Now, 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 how's this for a podcast? Don't, don't waste your hate. Hosted by Invalid Beard and Tony Rockamora. Hey guys, what's up? This is Tony Rockamora here again with Jeff, aka at Invalid Beard on Twitter. Follow him. Uh, this is Don't Waste Your Hate, episode 28. And... I know we are generally talking about things that might make you a little bit unhappy. Uh, so today we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to talk about fixing your life. Uh, usually a big problem that people have is procrastination. So we have a guest on all the way from Scotland, uh, Anthony Samaroff, and he has just recently written a book on procrastination. It's a free ebook. It's called Procrastination Annihilation. Now, Anthony is a podcaster. He runs two podcasts. One is the Scottish Liberty Podcast, which I definitely suggest everybody check out. And the other is Be Yourself and Love It. So welcome, Anthony. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about the work you do at, at, the, at the Be Yourself and Love It uh, podcast? Thank you. Well, Be Yourself and Love It is a podcast that I do on my own, well, with interview guests, whereas the Scottish Liberty Podcast... I co-host with my friend Tom Laird and that came to people's attention because I appeared on the Tom Woods show a couple of times and um, so we've been very thankful for the bump at celebritarian themed podcasts like yours. Um, the Be Yourself and Love It podcast was an idea that I had to start interviewing personal development experts that interest me. Occasionally I do them on my own but also over the years I've gone through a few permutations myself, interviewed some people for YouTube but on more than one channel and what I wanted to do was bring that work together in one place. So that's Incarnate in the Be Yourself and Love It podcast. It's a personal development podcast, does what it says on the tin. It's there to inspire you to um, your highest potentials, to love 
your own life, love being who you are. It's not enough to just be yourself because the first thing that comes to mind is, what, myself? No thanks. You mean the crappy one that didn't get dates at school? So you, you have to be yourself and love it. And if I achieve that in my life and help other people achieve that, then you can't really wish for anything more, can you? No, definitely not. So how long have you been interested in the personal development side of things? I mean, I know myself, when I was back in high school, I started reading, um, you know, some of those like old school, like self-help books, like sure. I, uh, the seven habits of highly effective people, things like that. Yeah. So how long have you you've been interested in this topic? Because it's something that I've been, you know, kind of following for a while. Great to know. And um, well, I guess I was interested in school. I read a couple of those kinds of books they were more but they maybe not the right leads because they didn't do that much for me there were all sorts of areas in my life that were definitely unsatisfactory and I assumed that that's just the way things were I didn't really realize that there was anything you can do about it but when I got into my early 20s or so I guess I read spiritual books and things like that as well also with a focus of trying to learn how to be more happy and um, through my 20s, I got more heavily into personal development, psychology, philosophy. And everywhere I looked, I didn't realize it, but I was chasing my own happiness. I was trying to figure out how to be myself and love it, I suppose. And um, it took a while, but I started finding things that actually worked and helped me. And then I, I put them into practice. And then I found that they would reliably gain an effect if other people applied them too, and I found that my first-hand experience was of use to other people, as well as just my attention, like really caring about people, having, taking an interest in what they had to say, and demonstrating my interest, which I learned from books on communication skills. And there's quite a few podcasts on improving your communication and things like that on the Be Yourself and Love It podcast, which are things that I found incredibly useful. And so uh, that turned into a career. Um, long story short, and that's what I do for a living. I am a coach. I give people my attention, and then we put our heads together to find ways to um, solve their problems and help them gain the life they desire and, and what areas they feel are in deficit. And the culmination, the most recent culmination of that work, is my free book, Procrastination Annihilation, which people can download at beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it because one thing that will definitely make you hate being yourself is if you know you've got loads of stuff loads of ideas that you would like to share that you would like to bring to fruition but you can't discipline yourself to get down and do it i certainly know it made me miserable so now that i'm more productive i want to share with people all the things that i learned that helped me get from a chronic procrastinator to um such a industrious and conscientious person. I mean, I got up today and all I've been doing all day before we started recording is stuff I want to do. And it's so exciting and I feel so good about it. And I'm like, ah, every day should be like this. In fact, every day can be like this, but it can't go from where you are now, if you're a chronic procrastinator, to being like this overnight. But the book will help you coach yourself gradually, gradually, gradually to a place where you can do more of the things that you want to do every day. Absolutely. Um, now, I I first heard you on uh, one of your Tom Woods appearances, and a lot of times when I come across people who I'm I can see just by the way they they speak and present themselves that you know okay this is a very 
a very productive, effective human being, right? And that's definitely the impression mm. I got from you. So a lot of times uh, there's some resistance there when I'm when I'm listening to someone who's already very productive and effective, and I'm like, well, you know, this guy's probably been yeah, like it's easy for you, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, I, I like I mentioned before we started recording, I read this book. Uh, it, it only takes a couple hours, by the way, so it's a pretty easy read for everybody. Um, but there's a lot of information, so definitely. Definitely check it out. We're going to link to it. But when I started reading the book, a lot of the beginning of the book is you laying out kind of what the pitfalls are, what the traps are, what causes right. this this resistance that eventually leads to just chronic procrastination. So I, I definitely got the impression that, oh, no, this guy, he knows what procrastination is. He's, right. he's very familiar with procrastination. Thank you so much for saying that. And that is part of the reason for the introductory material about the mindset and what, because like I had so many notes on procrastination from like the last 10 years that I start, that I looked through once I'd started the book to see if there was anything useful there. And I realized that I really had a deep insight into what it was like to be a procrastinator. Well, because for God damn it, I spent like the first 30 years of my life being one so um i really appreciate that you noticed that because i feel like i really know it from the inside and i wanted to communicate that to people so that they go wow he gets me and sure enough one of the first feedback i got on the book was it's like reading my mind those first pages it's like you really get me so i was really really thrilled for that not because that person's in a bad position or anyone listening might be in a bad position but the first thing is that you feel your problem is understood and uh, a lot of the time if you're a procrastinator and you go to your friends they'll, especially if they're not as productive as you are they'll say stuff like oh you don't be so hard on yourself oh well you do loads of stuff and, and they're not really understanding you. They might be well-intentioned, but you'll go away from that feeling like you don't understand because this is a real problem for me. I know that I could be so much more. I could do so much more than I'm doing now. And when you say, don't be so hard on yourself or, well, I think you've done a lot, that doesn't make me feel better. That makes me feel worse. So the first step for me and by the way, I hold nothing back really about my own story and my own struggles with procrastination. Uh, I talk about them throughout the book so that people have a reference to go on. Oh, he was like that, but then he learned this and he did differently and then he got like this. Well, I can do that too. But also to demonstrate an understanding of the inner world of the procrastinator so that you go, you see yourself reflected in the book and go, well, now I understand myself. That I feel like I had a sense that this was what was going on. But now that I read it, I'm solid in that knowledge and I've got a more intimate understanding myself of that knowledge. And virtually all of that material arrived through introspection. I didn't pick it up in other people's books and things like that. That was, you know, my own journals, my own understanding, my own examination of the way that I was seeing the world and the way I was getting in my own way. So, Anthony, I, I was, uh, you know, I mentioned before, um, you know, we sort of went live that this book is of great interest to me, and, and I, I haven't read it yet, but um, I intend to probably even later today. But, you know, I've suffered from from this sort of thing, procrastination, lack of productivity, lack mm. of self-worth, um, and then the depression that comes on from that uh, mm, for, for, sure. for many years, and it's still a daily struggle. And 
you know, I agree with you when you say that being able to empathize with people that are going through this is a big part of it. Mm. Because while it is helpful to listen to people who are productive in their own lives, um, if they don't have the same sort of things that they need to overcome, the barriers to get to that place, the message may not resonate or they may not have the information contained in their advice for your particular issue, right? And so um, a lot of, of my issue, for so, may, so just to maybe lay out a couple of things I struggle with, and then you can tell me what you think, um, mm. if this is something that you encounter and, and what, you know, your, your advice um, about this is. But uh, I've had uh, a medical issue I've been uh, struggling intensely with for uh, going on for 10 years now in the current form. Um, and it's uh, a combination of uh, cognitive issues and gut issues. Um, long and the short of it is I go very long stretches where I'm not able to concentrate, uh, where I feel mm. incredibly unmotivated. I feel as though I am directionless and even in like very simple tasks and what I'm trying to accomplish, that feeling of, uh, you know, I'm sort of firing through my day uh, mm. is just is just not there. And then things start snowballing where I'm, I'm incredibly self-aware of it. It. Um, I feel very, mm. very down on myself. And then that makes me not want to, to do other things. One thing I've found as I've tried to come out of this, um, you know, you start to work with your own problems and, and figuring out right. with yourself, uh, how am I motivated? Uh, when, uh, looking back, uh, when did I accomplish something I should feel good about? When should I be hard on myself? When mm. should I uh, give myself some credit for even though I'm not sort of up to 100%, uh, this was a, mm. a step, a step forward. You know, I've found that if I know that there are certain pitfalls in my life, things that become distractions that bog me down, rather than trying to overcome the reason that that thing holds me back, perhaps just avoiding it altogether is the mm. better the better approach, is not putting myself in a situation to fail. And yeah, again, just to sort of wrap up my rambling, um, what you were saying about the, the empathizing, I think is important because you have to be able to be honest with yourself, but then also... Mm. Be honest with yourself in both directions. Be tough on yourself, but then also mm. say, um, hey, you know, you did something good here today. Let's build on that and realize that other people around you who may be sending you negative energy are not appreciating the situation that you're in mm. and what you're struggling with. For sure. Well, I mean, thank you so much for sharing that. That that does take guts and that's really deep. And I'm sorry that you've been through the struggles that you have been through and it can really depress you and give you a horrible self-image when you find yourself difficult to motivate. So did you have a particular direction that you wanted me to take on from what you've said? Oh, no. I'm, so I'm just wondering, yeah, like uh, I would imagine that you have some clients who tell a similar story mm. or or maybe they're earlier on in the process where um, they say, I'm just, I'm depressed all the time. I feel mm -hmm. like I can't get anything done. I look around, I see friends and other people um, that I feel like, you know, I am capable of what they're doing, but I'm falling short. And I, I sort of, I don't even know what that first step is. I don't, I, sure. I, I feel terrible about myself. I mean, what's your initial advice to somebody like yeah. that as far as that there, first step? Well, there are so many things that we can start to talk about to get the ball rolling. And I definitely recommend the book for you because I'm liable to forget something live on the interview, whereas you can keep on going through it and keep on coming to the bits that are most relevant to you. 
But one thing is that I talk about in the book is taking a realistic assessment of what you're capable of achieving in any given moment. And lists will be your friends so that you have all of the possible things that you can do in different categories um, and different things that might like say you don't feel motivated but you to do some writing or or something active but you might have enough energy for example to do some research for one of the podcasts that's coming up so you you've already got a list written beforehand of the things you want to listen to to prepare for your next recording and you go okay well you know maybe I can listen for that to that for a while and maybe do some breathing exercises to focus on my breathing and um, breathe nice and deep and get more energy while I'm listening to that. I'll see how I feel after that's finished and um, if I'm more energetic then I might be able to do something a little bit more active or that would just be one example of trying to work with yourself. The more clearly defined you've got your options, the easier they are to act upon and then uh, anything that's nebulous and vague of itself creates resistance. So having a good understanding of what your options are and being able to look at yourself and work with yourself on what you are capable of for some amount of time each day as a conscious process, not just like going through the day, but this is actually right now I'm in the process of doing my do it training. Like just knowing, as I say in one book, part of the book no one goes to the gym for the first time expecting to bench press their weight when you look at the problem as getting things done you're always going to have a problem but when you look at the problem as becoming the kind of person who can get more done than I can now you can always be training yourself to be a little bit better each day a little bit better each day and as you get better obviously some days you'll do less than other days. That's just, there's there's too many outside variables to say that you're going to get more productive each day. But as a trend over time, you can become a lot more productive. And definitely, if you've not got a lot of energy, if you feel depressed, if you're down, these kinds of things make it more difficult for you to do things. So you need to know what you're capable of in what mood and at what time of the day. I say, you know, every morning in an ideal world, I would like to wake up and do my meditation straight away after I wake up. But sometimes I wake up and I'm kind of too drowsy. I'm liable to procrastinate on my smartphone. So I know that beforehand that I'm liable to do that. So I pre-commit to something. I choose a book that I want to read and I bookmark the page that I'm on. And if I'm too tired in the morning, I'll read for 10 or 15 minutes before I do my meditation. And that'll stop me from using that time in a way that's less wise, for example. So there's lots of ways in the book of learning to work with yourself and make deals and negotiate and become a better helper to yourself and be realistic because we're not looking at the, don't look at the ideal situation of even though I'm in this crap mood I'll do the most important thing to me even though I'm not psychologically prepared for it maybe in a few in a couple of years from now you will be that person but if you want to bench press your own weight you have to start with smaller weights and that's what my um 
book really helps people to do is identify what kind of weight is suitable for you right now at the moment where you're at and train your muscles so that you can, um, so to speak, bench press more um, in the inner world. It's, it's not a real bench press, obviously. It's a psychological bench press. But everything that you do does have a psychological cost to it. You know, we've got certain resources, certain energy um, levels, certain amount to give to things and sometimes doing things will energize us and we'll feel better after them and we can do harder things after we do an easy thing and other th times things exhaust us so after a hard thing we might need to do an easier thing it just really all depends so i uh i want to get into a little bit more about um kind of the insights that you have in this book but real quick i just want to talk about obviously uh new year's just passed recently so last new year's i kind of made a resolution to myself like okay I'm going to get myself more organized cuz I I try to get a lot done but I definitely I've always had trouble like sticking to to-do lists and things like that so in the beginning of of uh 2017 I started this like really regimented to-do list kind of situation where the night before I would essentially plan out my entire day like by the half hour you know like it mm. would be like 10 minutes doing this 20 minutes doing that it was even more than by the half hour mm. and it became like way too much for me to to right. manage to do initially so i probably did it for like f a week and then like i just right. it was just way too much so one of the biggest insights i got from the book is not trying to do everything all at once is really right. the key to this so it's all about kind of breaking yes. things down i'm just going to read a quote and then you can jump off from it i'm going to read a quote from the book right. thank you so it's no matter how small it is, doing one extra thing that is good for you every day is far better than doing no extra things that are good for you. The smallest achievement can boost your confidence and change you. Yes. I thought that was a great quote. And, you know, it, re it really spoke yeah. to me and, you know, kind of how there, there's a better way to go about overcoming this procrastination problem. I, I don't like the sledgehammer approach. People have been trying the sledgehammer approach for years, if not centuries or whatever, and it's clearly not worked for them because the world is full of procrastinators. And I completely agree with what was said before about, you know, you can read a book on productivity from someone, but they've always been like that. So they're like, do this, do that. Do this. What I really don't like about self-help and the personal development sphere is so much of it is just telling you what to do, which is excellent if you can do it. But if you're not in the condition to do it yet, you need help with your states. And there's not enough personal development material that helps people to work with their states. That's what I found because I knew tons of stuff that was good for me and I wasn't able to do it. So I had to develop a new approach that helps people to work with their states. So when I say that, I, it's not a little deepity or, or trivial when I say one little action, that doing one little action that's good for you every day is better than doing none, because we're talking about building up habits here. So if your shtick is, ah, oh, I put off hoovering for ages, well, maybe you, want, you th think you need to hoover the whole house. Well, the practice would be to hoover one room every day until you were used to doing it and that was a habit and once you'd built up the habit of doing that then you could add something else instead now if you found that you couldn't even commit to hoovering one day as a habit 
uh, to get started, you just go, okay, well, obviously I'm not ready for that. I'm going to try something else. And the book helps you identify the things that you think doing on a regular basis would make your life wonderful, would make your life worth living. And you'll be able to use your experience of figuring all that out to then select things that are appropriate for your difficulty level. For example, I mentioned this in the book, I had a client who had real trouble taking care of herself and it was getting her down and affecting because she felt bad because she had a family and things like that. You know, the old expression, if you're no good to yourself, you're no good to anyone else. She chose to brush her hair every day. And it might seem like such a small thing, but it was really hard for her on the weekends because she wasn't leaving the house. After two weeks of brushing her hair every day, she was thrilled because she discovered that she could change if she wanted to. And it was only that one thing, but she knew she could do it. And then she could add another thing and she could do that for two weeks, do both of them for two weeks without missing a day. And now she was on to something. So it's to focus your willpower. Don't try and do this one day and that another day. And, oh, maybe I'll, oh, today I've got loads of energy. Uh, I, I'm working on my book and I, uh, I reply to all my emails and like, oh, I'm a changed person. And then, then tomorrow, uh, uh, I thought I was always going to be like that. And you feel even worse than you did before. That's great. Take advantage of that energy if you've got it, but always be focusing on making a change, one change, and keep on reinforcing that change because it's hard at first. But if you've got a few weeks of experience doing that one thing over and over and over again, suddenly you find it's not so difficult for you. For me, it's journaling. I knew that journaling would benefit me for years, but I kept putting it off. And once I established that as a habit, now, I've got a whole list of things that I like to do every day. But journaling is one of the easiest things on it. I love it. I hate to miss a day. And I don't hate to miss a day like, oh, I'm such an idiot. I can't believe I missed a day. If I miss a day of journaling, the next day when I sit down to do it, I go, oh, that's really annoying. I, I missed yesterday. I would have been much clearer in my own head. So I see the value of it. And that makes it easy for me to do. That means because I don't need to work doing journaling, I've got more energy to do something else that's difficult for me. It's difficult for me to do um, some yoga in the morning. So because I don't need to waste my willpower journaling because it's easy for me, I've got more energy reserves to focus on making sure I do some yoga, you know, or whatever it is, whatever habit it is I'm trying to build. Yeah. So as you're speaking, I mean, all these, um, all these terms, um, these, these little, um, you know, habits that you've gotten into, they're all sort of, uh, setting off light bulbs mm. with, with me, with my own struggles. And, and also, uh, I just sort of generally want to comment that, you know, I feel like on the whole, and you can tell me what you think, I would imagine you agree, um, to some respect, but, you know, people just don't take mental health uh, with themselves, even if they feel like they're relatively high functioning, seriously enough. And and I think there's also a bit of a stigma around the topic 
Um, right. Even if it's maybe improved a bit, uh, you can see with, um, you know, people that are listening will probably be familiar with the meteoric rise of Jordan Peterson, a clinical psychologist. I'm from, so pleased about that. Yeah. From, from Canada. Um, and this is, you know, in, in a similar area where he's trying to help. Um, and it's been largely young men. Um, who have uh, found value uh, in his words to structure your life in such a way where, and this gets to the uh, the definitions that uh, you were uh, getting to earlier, where you were explaining, you know, uh, the vagueness in your life can really become resistance to, uh, you know, being productive, overcoming issues. Um, and I feel like in a lot of ways, people, they have this vagueness and, and lack of definition in their life, and they're not even sort of aware of it. They haven't gone through mm. the process of sitting down um, and thinking about uh, you know, what they're trying to accomplish, what their barriers are, how much progress they've made. You talk about journaling. In my own life with my health issues, I started keeping a daily journal of all these sorts of things in addition to health problems. And then going back and reading that, even over the course of a week, um, but then further for a month or a couple months, it can be very easy to, because you're swimming in like the water of your own life and, you know, you don't get to step outside of it too often to go back and read and say, oh, wow, uh, actually, um, I forgot that I was struggling so much with this thing that I've now sort of just integrated into my daily routine and it's, it's no issue at all. And, and, and like you said, it's, it's like working out or, you know, anything else. You take the appropriate steps. Um, uh, but that requires this introspection and it is helpful to have something like this. I'm so happy that, that you've, you've made this. And, you know, you hear Jordan Peterson. Even he says he was shocked by the response and how many mm -hmm. people have told him just the guy speaking on YouTube, which tells mm -hmm. you that, you know, this information is not getting to people that need it. Uh, and, right. you know, maybe we could talk a little bit about why that is. But uh, the, the amount of people out there that have these issues and are benefiting tremendously from just, uh, you know, hearing a message of how to sort of structure and proceed uh, and and start finding not just happiness, but purpose in, in their own life. Uh, I think it's fantastic. And uh, it's obviously something that I think more people should be exposing themselves to. Well, thank you. And yes, you're really speaking my language when you mentioned the um, mental health thing and basically everything you've said, because there is a book, there's a chapter in the book called, I don't feel like it ever. And you could have just been saying some of the talking points in that chapter of the book. I mean, what you just said would have been very fitting if you'd started refer with referring to that chapter. So I'm, I'm really pleased that you that you mentioned that. And if I could have anyone write the foreword to this book, to the next edition of the book, it would be uh, Dr. Jordan Peterson, because he says that a lot. He talks about a trait called conscientiousness often. And he says he gets a lot of emails from people asking how they increase their conscientiousness. If you have that question, this is the method. Because I know it's the method because it's the method that I use to become more conscientious. And that's why I'm so excited to be able to share it because this is a problem that plagued me for decades. And um, I couldn't find any other ready-made solution. So I had to create my own eventually. And, and, and that's because the book so I'm very pleased with the upswell uh, and if you like um, little video clips from Jordan Peterson I do have a YouTube channel um, youtube.com forward slash enrich your life one where I've got lots of very short videos um, 
three to ten minutes long and they I've tried to make them all very practical there's not a lot of waffle or philosophizing they all try to teach something practical that you can put into practice in day-to-day -day life to improve your situation so um excuse the plug or not because it's it's all free so it's all good no, that's fine. We're going to be linking to all that anyway. Um, so we will definitely have that on don'twasteyourhate.com slash 28. When I was uh, reading through the book, I was taking some notes, um, kind of questions that I would want to ask you. And one of the first things I wrote down, and this, I wasn't, I hadn't even reached this point in the book yet. I didn't know if you were going to talk about it or not. But my, one of my main pitfalls, and I'm sure one of the main pitfalls that most people in 2018 are dealing with, is social media, right? Right. So um, I'm wondering, number one, how do you deal with social media? Do you kind of give yourself like a finite amount of time to be on social media? How do you avoid those pitfalls of just, oh man, uh, let me check my news feed or let me check my Twitter feed and then just scroll sure. through for a half hour, you know? And is it an issue of right, is right. it is it an issue of negativity or is it just sort of the um, the volume of information that that is part of that as well? It's the fact that it goes on for infinity and that if you see a cool post on your news feed, you're like, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll look down and see if I get another cool one. And if it's rubbish, you go, oh, that one was rubbish. That wasn't satisfying. Keep on scrolling until I find one that is satisfying. So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Let me just tell you something. I think the technology is extraordinary. It's wonderful. I wouldn't be here on this show if it wasn't for that media. You know, it's someone that I knew from Facebook knew you guys. So lucky us for having Facebook. But the thing is, it's designed to be compelling. And I think that's the primary problem with it. So I've still, I've got a whole section in the book on some simple ideas for keeping social media in its place. And yeah, people will definitely benefit from those. Um, I've not implemented all of them 100%, but I put them all out there so that everyone knows what they all are. But I have to say my social media procrastination has declined so much that I don't consider it to be a, a such a terrible problem for me. One thing I do is maybe in between two tasks, um, reply to some messages or notifications sometimes if I feel like I need a break, but usually only for five or ten minutes. However, I can see it has been compulsive for me. Uh, it probably still can be at times. So the, the main thing, if you've got a real problem with it, I would just schedule, you know, two times during the day, 20, 30 minutes and go one in the morning, one in the evening. That's when I check all of my notifications because you don't want to be like, oh, I wonder if I've got anything on Twitter. Oh, I wonder if I've got any messages on Kick. Oh, what about WhatsApp? What about Facebook, right? And then you then you can just go back to the beginning again. You know, there's so many. Oh, Snapchat. You know, it's infinite. It really is. So if you've got a real, real problem with constant checking, constant checking, then I would choose two times a day, 20, 30 minutes to do it. That's the best. Otherwise, identify times of the day when you do it and pre-commit. That's something that I talk about in the book, like what I told about, told you before about pre-committing to reading in the morning rather than picking up my smartphone before I meditate. Because what, what happens if I pick up my smartphone before I do my modern meditation? That's going to make my mind more active. So it's going to make it harder to meditate. 
So um, I know that's a time where I'd be likely to grab from my phone. So I pre-commit to doing something else. When are you likely? When do you know that you do it when you don't want to do it? If you've not got a problem with it, it's not a problem. If you enjoy it, it's not a problem. So it's really all about um, knowing yourself, knowing you're susceptible, and find a solution, not when you have the problem, right? You know, when, when you have an argument with someone and you're both annoyed at each other, that's not the time to solve the problem, right? Usually, sometimes you do, sometimes you manage, but usually the best thing is you both go away and think about it, you calm down, and then you solve the problem later. And that's often the case with these things as well. Like, think about it when you're not having the problem. Don't don't try and think about it at the same time as you're having the problem, because that's just not the way that our mind works efficiently. Uh, when you're not having the problem, when you can sit down with a notepad and get some details down on what exactly the problem is, then you can think about uh, pre-committing to, so, so, um, to solutions beforehand. Um, that's what comes to mind in the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I, I, I've been talking about the social media thing with uh, some of my family members. And one thing I, I found out recently is that a lot of the the people who uh, are big like social media moguls, they're not letting their children get on social media too much. They're keeping right. their children away from these devices because apparently psychologically it uh, it, it does – it does alter you in a way. It makes you kind sure. of dependent on these these like these dopamine highs that you get from from the notifications or the likes or the the comments that you get on these things. So it's interesting that um, I think it's interesting that a lot of these Silicon Valley guys are, are keeping their kids away from it at least up until a certain age. So it's something that you really need to try to manage if it's a problem for you. For and sure. I think kind of just one thing I I feel just generally about people is. A lot of people are kind of just going through the motions of life. Not everyone is is very introspective and thinking about, oh, how can I improve myself? How can I become more productive? Or, or am I as productive as I could be? Are there changes that I can make? I notice this with like so many people in my life, in including myself, to be honest with you. That it's it's kind of like a a constant struggle to be mindful of where I'm at in my life and kind of what things I can change. And another another important thing I, I got from the book, and I've I've thought about this myself a lot over the years, is you you mentioned surrounding yourself with with other people that are ambitious and people who are kind of on the same page with like, hey, I don't want to be a procrastinator, I want to be a productive mm. human being, you know. And one kind of flip side of the social media thing is like, okay. Yeah, there are pitfalls, but you also have access now to so many different people. Yes. You don't just have to talk to your cousins or your friends or whatever, you know? So yeah. I can connect with, with you in Scotland, and we're on the same page almost. It's like, well, you're Absolutely. probably a little further ahead than me, but it's like, hey, I can I can now network with Anthony and, and find out, sure. you know, find another guy who wants to be a productive guy just like myself, you know? So it, it, there's ups and downs with the social media thing. Yeah, like I said, I love social media. I think it's fantastic. People say, oh, you know, because oh, of the social media, people are so isolated and things like that. But the truth is, a lot of those people who are isolated without the social media would just be lonely. I mean, imagine it, it was the 80s and you were into Dungeons and Dragons or comic books or something like that. You'd be lucky if there was someone in your high school who was into the same stuff as you. Um, but now people with esoteric interests, anime is now not it's not even esoteric anymore. It's like mainstream. They can all like 
join together and find peers. They don't need to feel like they're weird. They develop their social skills speaking to each other. So the social media is fantastic, but it needs to be put in its appropriate place. And one thing you can just do is see when you're working on something, just put the phone on flight safe mode, right? Kill it for large portions of the day. It's not always possible to not get notifications. For example, when I'm writing, I have to go on to Google and research something to get a quote I remembered or or what what have you. So, but to the degree it is possible, definitely implement it. Like if I'm playing piano or if I'm uh, with someone dear, like and I get a text, I don't check my phone. I don't check my phone when I'm in an appointment with someone. Maybe if they go to the loo or if, or, or, or they get up or, or something like that, I'll check to see if it was important. But like, you know, be, be present to what, what you're doing. You know, if, if you need to, at some, some point, obviously you can excuse yourself. But what I'm saying is, it's not to shackle you. It's not to be a burden, it's to help you. It's to help you get more of what you want out of life and be able to go deep because we can access a flow state where things happen passionately, effortlessly, time seems to stand still, we really get into what we're doing, but it actually takes several minutes to go into the flow state. And if you keep on getting a notification or you keep on checking your Facebook every few minutes while simultaneously trying to write, you're interrupting the process of getting into flow. That's great advice there. So um, is there anything else that you want to mention from the book? I mean, I don't want to go into all the details because obviously we want everyone to get into this book. I mean, the, the method itself is is fairly simple. So, mm. um, you know, it's a nice 70-page book. It takes a couple hours to read, honestly. I, like I said, I, I read it. I read 30 pages one night, and then the next morning I woke up and I finished it up. And, you know, I even, I even got into the kind of the method where you start making, uh, mm. you know, a preliminary list of, of kind of what you want to change about like what you would like your life to be things, activities, 20 to 30 minute activities that maybe you're not doing that you would like to incorporate in your day. Um, so I don't know how far you want to get into that, but, um, you know, I'll just sure. pass it off to you. Okay. What I would just say finally about the book, it's free. Please download it at be yourself and love it.com forward slash do it. Reading the book is a practice in itself. This is something I really should have written uh, as an outro, and I'm sure I will write it when it comes to releasing the book for Kindle and a hard copy later on this year. But um, so stay tuned for a second edition. But yeah, um, before that, it's useful as it is. You don't need to hang on for that because I'm telling you now. I think it takes maybe two hours to read. Um, maybe maybe a little bit more than that. I don't think much more than that. The average self-help book you get is going to take you 10 to 20 hours to read, right? So think of at least spending at least 10 hours with it. See if it's useful to you, then you'll want to do it anyway. So if you don't like it, then forget it. Forget about it. Find something that you do like, right? So what I'd recommend is just read it through it once. And then if you like it, that's the second time's the real read. So uh, take a bit more time with it the second time. And if you want to take notes, I mean, you might take notes the first time, but definitely the second time, take notes. Uh, bookmark any pages that are important to you that, that speak to you. You could print those pages out so that you have them. And then the reason why I say it's a practice is if you think this is the book, this is the method for you, then 
keep reading the book until you don't have the problem anymore. So I don't mean like for hours and hours, but, you know, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there, keep your Kindle nearby or whatever your e-reader is. And, you know, read a couple of pages a day or not every day, but just keep on reading it. Keep it nearby, keep it in your e-reader and dip into it every now and then for as long as you have the problem. And when you finish it, just go back to the beginning again or just read the bits that are really important to you. Take notes and read your notes and somewhere or other you can use you can continue to use the book until you don't have the problem anymore because that's how you'll get the most use out of it and because it's so short you can select the bits that are the most relevant to you and you know it's a fun book it's funny I try to put my sense of humor in it and I got good feedback on the tone it's it's like I'm just speaking to you I've written it like I'm speaking to you so it won't be torturous for you to to spend as much time with it as you would with a longer book and um, although it's up to you you know if you read it once you'll know whether you want to read it again or not yeah and just to um to second that uh, again as, as somebody that struggles with these sorts of things um you know it it absolutely can be just encouraging and reinforcing to work in like you said even if it's 15 30 minutes mm. little reminders during the day if cuz if if you have this problem where you have a difficulty sort of remaining focused big picture wise and staying on track in your life then having something like this sort of as a reminder of the state of mind the frame of mind if if the book speaks to you um that this is more of a place that I want to get to. And, um, you know, think of it, I think sometimes, again, there's a little bit of a stigma for whatever reason around self-help. Although if you look at the actual numbers of the books, the book sales of things like that, uh, again, uh, about Jordan Peterson, uh, I think there's a real demand uh, and a need for this sort of stuff. Uh, But I think people are resistant to reaching out and as if it might be like a sign of like weakness. I think some people perceive it that way. But uh, I think Almost everybody could benefit from this and think of it as laying down or improving the internal infrastructure in your life from which everything else is going, going to flow. Thank and you. so, and, and, and think about the amount of time you spend doing other things that are fruitless. This is something that can lay the foundation or improve the foundation, uh, that you're, you're living your life uh, on top of and increase the productivity, not just your output, like a, uh, like an assembly line, but when you say productivity, things that you care about in your life. I mean, it could be recreation, whatever it is, just identifying the things that matter to you and uh, how to um, achieve them and accomplish them in your life. And it's it's something that can wipe away depression, really give you a feeling of, of purpose and, and happiness. And so I thank you for, for writing the book and I'm really looking forward to reading it. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. And I would just say one more thing about the reason why I urge you to keep reading it until you've not got the problem anymore, because there's so many advices in it. Some of them will be relevant to you at different times, but the ones that aren't relevant to you will not be relevant to you until you can anchor them to a real life experience. So when you take one of the practices and you find an opportunity to put it into use, and you've done that three or four times, Whenever you read that page, you go, all right, yeah, yeah, I I totally know that bit, right? So you're done with it. You've internalized it. But there'll be other advices that aren't necessarily with you the first time you read it, but they'll really come into focus. You know, you're on the bus or something like that, and you go, oh, I'll have a quick look through that again. So that's what I want to say. Um, Thank you so much, guys, for 
having me on your show. I mean, I, I'm really lucky to have the opportunity and to speak to your audience. And yeah, I really want them to benefit from this. Like I, this, this is something that I wish someone had given me when I was in school, if not, you know, when I left school, even better while I was still at school. I mean, they could have given it to all the kids and gone, here's how you're going to, you know, be fit to take on your responsibilities. Um, this is, this is pulled right straight out from my my suffering, my happiness, my my struggles, and and the solution to those struggles. And I'm still implementing the stuff that I put in this book today with with great effect. So, um, I hope other people will be able to do the same today. I, I'm sure they will. And you know, Anthony, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, the book is Procrastination Annihilation, and you can get it at beyourselfandloveit.com/slash/do-it. We are going to link to all of Anthony's stuff. Uh, we're going to link to his self-help stuff. We'll also link to the Scottish Liberty podcast and his YouTube channel. Quickly, I just want to give a shout out to our mutual friend, Maddie, from the Tom Woods Elite Group. Thank you for hooking us up. We really appreciate that. This is a great conversation. I think that's it. It's going to be don'twasteyourhate.com slash 28 for all the show notes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you, Anthony. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you. Okay, if somehow you haven't got the book already, you can get it at beyourselfandloveit.com forward slash do it. One more call to action. Sports stars do not stop getting coaching when they leave school. And even the most successful businessmen see consultants. If you would like to be getting more than you're getting out of life just now, there is no better way than having regular consultations with someone who's trained to help you find your inner wizard and bring it out from you. And I recommend, well, myself. Well, who else? If you can get me, send me a little email at anthony at beyourselfandloveit.com saying a little bit about what you're getting up to and I'll see if I can help you. Until next time, be yourself. Well, don't just be yourself. Be yourself and love it.